Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome the 18th Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and a good friend, and that is uh, Secretary Marsha Fudge. Thank you so much for coming on. And I, I, I want to get right to it because uh, I know we always have limited time, but I'm going to try to get to <laughs> as many issues as I can. We did okay. a um, – we talked about this um, new task force. Uh, addressing mm-hmm. racial bias in home appraisals. And I got to tell mm-hmm. you, Secretary, th- th- we, w- we were probably, what, taking two, two and a half hours worth of phone calls. It was a hot topic. Oh, really? People, Yeah, people are very concerned about it. Can you just outline what the, one, what the, the task force will be tasked to do? You know what, thank you so much, my friend. It's good to be with you again. Let me let me tell you what we've done since you and I talked. We actually now have issued a report that verifies all of the things that we've been hearing all these years about the inequity. Think about it this way, Joe. Today, the median white family holds about eight, time, eight times the wealth of a typical black family. We know that home ownership is the way that most people, most people, no matter their color, uh, start to build wealth. Just in the last year, think about it this way, too. 2021, only 44% of black people owned their own home. In that same year, 74% owned their own home. And it has been proven by a study that Freddie Mac did that appraisals for home purchases in majority black or majority Latino neighborhoods were roughly twice as likely to result in a value below the actual contract price. It is redlining. Joe, is what it is. We've been dealing with it for a long time, and so I was charged by the president to look into it. Susan Rice is is a co-chair, and we have determined how to best try to address it. So we have a report that is going to enhance the oversight and the accountability of the industry. Joe, the industry is 95% white male. We're going to look at how we empower consumers. If you get an, a, an appraisal or evaluation on your home that is significantly less than you believe is, is accurate, there are things that you have a right to do. You can request without charge another appraisal. They call it a, um, a reconsideration of evaluation. So we're going to be training not only appraisers, we're going to be training people who are first-time home buyers. We're going to have a, a new hotline that we're going to be using to, so that people can call directly our hotline and get to us and let us know that there's a problem so we can start to look into it. Uh, we know that this is a major problem. If we just were to have fair valuations, mm-hmm. we could almost cut the wealth gap between black and white significantly. So let me just use myself as an example. I live in an all-black neighborhood. My house is two doors literally two doors from an all-white neighborhood. My house is bigger than the house two doors from me. My lot is larger than the house two doors from me. The house two doors from me is valued at $25,000 more than my house. So every four years, I lose $100,000 in valuation and equity in my home. If we just did that across the board, think about those numbers. Billions and billions of dollars are lost in equity and wealth 
to black and brown people every year solely because of the color of our skin and the neighborhoods we live in. Now, will this study or this task force lead to, or do you hope it'll lead to, legislation? Is, in other words, what would be the role of, uh, of, of, of Congress? Well, what Congress is looking at it now. There are going to be some hearings coming, but let me just tell you what has already happened. Is, is, is the people who do appraisals are, have an umbrella organization, it's called the Appraisal Subcommittee. They have already agreed to start doing training by putting millions of dollars in to train their current people. They've already agreed that they know they need a more diverse appraiser workforce. They've mm-hmm. already agreed that the data they use in these automatic valuations are, are skewed or biased, and so they're looking at the data. So they're already starting to act. They know, they know it's a problem. It just took for this committee to shine a brighter light on it, mm-hmm. to make people move. The other issue I want to bring up, uh, and that is an, an, uh, about the... Um, what is it? Uh, what, oh, ex-felons. Criminal records? Yes. The, this, uh, this yesterday, uh, you pronounced, you announced, excuse me, a new project to help ex-felons buy and rent homes. Can you talk about that? So this is going to be so significant, and I'm really glad that we're talking about it. The FBI reports now that nearly one in three adults in this nation have a criminal record. One in three. If we continue to prevent people either coming out of prison or those who have a criminal record from being allowed to live in subsidized housing, whether it be public housing or voucher housing or something that HUD is associated with, what we are creating is, is, is a revolving door to going right back to prison because people who are not housed tend to reoffend at, high, at higher rates, and so the recidivism rate is extremely high. So what we have said to the people at HUD, we have I've directed them to look at ways that we can start to uh, lift some of those um, policies and practices that we have had for far too long. Clearly, we're not going to violate the law. So, you know, people will say, oh, you're going to let uh, pedophiles live in public health. No, that's a violation of the law. But what we can look at is was this person even convicted of something that was um, violent? Uh, how long has this person been straight and on the, the, the right path? You know, we have people that have had records 20 years ago, and we're still holding it against them. They've not done another thing. So we need to be fair about how we treat people with criminal histories. We are going to be looking at it. We're going to be making the changes we can make in-house as well as we're going to be going to Congress for some changes. You know, I, and, and we're talking to the Secretary of HUD, Marsha Fudge. Uh, as you were talking, it, and I had this flashback to remember the crack, well, do you remember, but for the younger folks, the crack cocaine, uh, cocaine uh, epidemic. Oh, yeah. And and if you were, it, let's say you, you lived with your grandmother or a relative mm-hmm. in a housing project, and they could be put out. Um, it was that kind of abuse that was uh, was uh, going on, and I guess could never rent a body. And it's still happening exactly now. Right. Wow! Still happening today. And these are and nonviolent the crimes. Is, yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. But the the thing that makes it worse is just our society in general, Joe. Black people we know are incarcerated at a rate of five times that of white people, five times. So we tend to be overrepresented in the criminal justice system. So we are getting a double whammy. So not only only are we overrepresented, but now we can't find a place to live. And you're right. We have young mothers who are being put out because the father may have visited and he's, he's a drug person mm, right, or grandparent. Right. It, is, it is a situation that must change because we have grandmothers being put on the street. Like I said, we have young mothers being put on the street because they associate with or someone in their family mm-hmm. has a criminal record. The, the other issue and and that is, this was a story, I think, I, yeah, it was Griot, where they published an article uh, titled, America's Homeless Ranks Grain as More Retired on the Street. And these, and I never thought about this, these are elderly people who are losing mm-hmm. their homes and they're living on the street. What is, how did that come about? What, and what can be done about that? There are a number of reasons why it came about, and you are absolutely right. The fastest-growing groups of people living on the streets today are senior citizens and families with children. Part of the problem with senior citizens on fixed incomes, look at the market today, Joe. The market is so expensive. The market is so very expensive that you cannot afford to rent. So as the rents go up, senior citizens can't afford them. They're being pushed out of their neighborhoods by gentrification. It is a problem that we have to try to solve. So the first thing we need to do is build more senior housing, more affordable housing. There is no affordable housing in this country today, Joe. The average price of a home right in D.C. is well over $800,000. So where do these where do they, where do they live, Joe? There's no place for them to go. And so what and, do we do and, from there? And so what? So then, what do you do? Uh, what do you do? Because I mean, I'm, just the image of a grandmother living in a tent under a divide dock is something that it, I, that can't be America. So what do you do? What what are what is HUD prepared to do, or what is you're asking Congress to do? Right now, the president's budget for 2023 is requesting enough resources to build almost one million new units of housing. A significant number of those must be senior housing. Seniors are being pushed out because they just can't afford to live any other way. So we have to give them housing that is affordable. So what we are doing is providing more resources into home dollars that we give to communities into CDBG grants that we give to communities. We have raised the cap on the low-income housing tax credit so that it will encourage private Mm -hmm. builders to build more low-income housing. We are increasing the resources that go into the housing trust fund, which is for the poorest of the poor. We're doing our part, but the market is only going to turn around when we put more housing in it. So we're working with cities because, you know, part of the problem we have, Joe, is that people don't want certain people in their neighborhoods. So we also fight the zoning and the not in my backyard. So we're trying to find ways to move, especially seniors, into communities 
where they are, where they feel safe, where they are close to transportation, where they are close to hospitals and grocery stores, so that they can be in an environment that is conducive to their aging. You know, it's not going to happen I, I, overnight. We need the budget yeah, to pay. You know, I, was, I almost said Marsha. I got to give her You can. Respect. We, we go back that far. Just we go back time. that far. It, and, you know, and uh-huh. we go back to the point. I remember when uh, p- p- previous administrations, would churches would get grants to build mm-hmm. senior housing. I, I, no. and, and, you know, so they could play a major role in lobbying for for that uh, that that kind of resource, couldn't they? Oh yes, and they still can. Okay, they still can. They just have to be sure that they access what is available to them through HUD. I'm working with some churches right now. I mean, not me. HUD is working with some churches right now that I have met and worked with along my travels. So we are still doing that. Yeah. You know, I have a very, a, a very good friend. It, yeah, I have a very good friend out in uh, uh, Los Angeles, uh, Shelby Jordan. He is he he and I played ball together at the Washington U, and he's he he is big in uh, building housing for seniors, um, and has really? done a magnificent job. I don't know if you're familiar, but what's happening in Inglewood, California? That you're talking about building. They're building now that that stadium is being built. But one of the problems he's they, they, that he says they're running into, they they just can't get uh, the I don't know. It's the either it's the mayor or, or something. They you know they can't get permission to to uh, take existing buildings and transfer them into housing for seniors. Um, what, what do you do about that? I mean, when somebody says, look, I've got the resources, I'm willing to do it, but here's the problem. I'm being swallowed up by all the other development that's going on. And, and it's very, as you just pointed out, and we'll, it's very expensive. And these folks can't Mm -hmm. live in Inglewood anymore, as well as other communities. What do, what do they, what do you do? One thing I would ask you to have your friend do, Joe, is just reach out to us. Give him our contact information. We will try to work on it on a case-by-case basis because what is happening is it goes back to what I just said. They want the big, shiny, new uh, projects. They don't want the the, the things that we have to preserve. We we have to preserve uh, housing stock or the possibility of housing stock that that is in stable condition and yes. needs rehabilitation. We cannot build enough new houses to solve this problem. We have to preserve some of the older ones and yeah. retrofit buildings as you're talking about. That's what he's trying to do. And and then give it and then turn it over to you know allow seniors. That's exactly what he's trying. But you just said it. They want these big new buildings and got you. Well I'll I'll put him in touch with you because Please. And he's got That'd a perfect fun. record. I mean, that's what's so great. He's got a hundred percent record. <laughs> this, but I know what's going on too. You know, I am so glad you're there. I, I have to let you go. I know I'm over time, but thank you so much. And it's as fun. I always told you, uh, Secretary, anytime you need help, uh, it, it, you know, feel free to give us a call. Uh, but I thought of you when we started talking about this task force, and um, and and like I said. 
the calls would not stop. And we just heard story after, like, like what you went through in, with your own home, mm-hmm. uh, from coast to coast. It's happening all over the country, all over the country. Well, we, we, can't, we, we are determined that we're going to stop it on our watch, Joe. So uh, right. tell your people, if they have any kind of issues, all they have to do is go to, um, go to our website. Um, the easiest one is to visit, it's paid, P-A-V-E, dot hud dot gov page okay. dot hud dot gov we right. have a hotline tell them to just go there yes ma'am and and please stay in touch and tell your folks they you know just call us anytime we're here for you thank you my friend i appreciate All you right. i appreciate you too you can listen to yours truly madison the black eagle live every monday through friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.